All right, here we are again in the studio, this time in the studio with Rich Life Projects, one of my good friends and the Lord himself, Daniel Brown. Welcome to the Lord Star. Welcome, mate, uh, to the Rich Life Projects. Thanks, brother. How you been? What's been happening? Oh, my. What hasn't been happening? I've... um, my sugar daddy flew me down and, um, yeah, he's been whining and dining me, <laughs> buttering me up for this, this project and, um, talk about getting buttered up, oh. went and, um, ordered a triple shot latte followed by a single shot piccolo and, right and it wasn't a rocking. single shot piccolo. He gave me a triple shot piccolo <laughs> and I'm revving out, <laughs> oh, mate. shit. Here we go. That mightn't have been a good idea. Revving out. That mightn't have been a good idea at all. So what's uh, what's been happening in the, in the Lord's life back in oh, Newcastle? Mate. Obviously with the uh, Lord's Coffee. Yeah, and Lord's Coffee and Associates. So it wouldn't be Lord's Coffee without the Associates. 100%. Um, and everyone working with me too. Like it all started out um, just with a little hole in the wall cafe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and little did I know, like um, Newcastle was just yearning for a bit of the Lord. Yeah, what's, brother. What's happening in Newcastle with all your uh, martini espressos oh, and all that mate. sort of stuff? Yeah. So a buddy of mine worked at um, the Prince and they were ordering our coffee for espresso martinis. And um, I thought, oh, wow, like there's a little bit of a, an opportunity here. There's a market there. And I was looking online like for, for recipes, like how to make like an alcohol-free liqueur and whatnot. And um, I, I saw that every, like, you know, majority of um, espresso martini liqueurs are made from instant coffee. Okay. So, it's you know, we've bypassed the instant and we're using uh, the Lord's freshly roasted uh, coffee to make this. Uh, I'm not going to get into how we make it because that's a secret. <laughs> that's the secret, like <laughs> the old herbs and the spices. Yeah. So we've got our own little secret recipe and uh, we make it from our coffee. Yeah, right. And you can just taste the quality. But everything else at the moment, I mean, you've got coffee shop, family, everything else going on. Mm. Everything life life is good at the moment right. for the Lord. Oh yeah, just you know, dancing to the beat of my own drum, moving through fear, and just um, creating a life um, you know that I that I've always dreamed about that yeah. I sort of didn't even really know if it was possible, but it's all coming true. Growing up on the Central Coast, mm. what was growing up the Mullet Lord's way? What was that like? Uh, obviously. Yeah. Well, Central Coast, was it, I think? Yeah, Central Coast, yep. Copacabana, 2251 is the postcode. Oi, represent. Represent. But before that, like I was um, um, up until two years old, we were living out at Singleton. Oh, right. Okay. That's, yeah. That's yeah. On, on the way to like Tamworth in the country towns and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there's so yourself. Dad's a, dad's a farmer. Oh, and, okay. And mum, mum used to uh, barrel race um, horses. Oh, right. That's how they, that's how they actually met. Yahoo. Yeah. And then, um, there was a, a big drought in, um, the late eighties, early nineties. Of barrel women? Um, dad was just experiencing a bit of a drought, um, just in the romance section. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, only joking, dad. <laughs> you probably weren't. And, um, yeah. So we moved um, from Singleton because um, it was really drying up out there. 
um, to Terrigal. Okay, and that's Central Coast, from, yeah. from two years old, that's where I've um, was um, introduced to the ocean. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's obviously uh, your brother Joshy. Big shout out to Joshy, yeah, Josh. the, the the human beast. Yeah, yeah. And Soph, the sister. Yeah, and Soph. So there's only the three, the three, three of you guys. Yeah, and I'm the oldest. Yeah. What was home home life like? Yeah, like I I I didn't really understand it, to be honest, because like naturally I'm such like a a loving, um, all inclusive person, but at home, like there was, um, yeah, I don't know, like you, you call it domestic domestic violence or like um there was a you know I think dad was just like trying to cope with um uh, being taken from the farm and he wasn't coping too well yeah and so he'd um him and mum would fight you know arguments and it was just like really confusing because we'd be going to church on a Sunday Practicing all this lovey-dovey shit, yeah, right? Uh. <laughs> and then we'd we'd come home to like dom- domestics, and we'd have to abuse like or... go out into the backyard and let them sort their shit out. Yeah, true. Well, that yeah, back in when you say that back in the day too, like I suppose every every parent went through that time where the kids, like our generation coming up now, would you know we'd always have to go to the bedroom or the backyard and let. The parents sort out their Let stuff, them, you know. Yeah. Like it's just one of those things, I suppose, you know, the, the home life and I suppose you can put it down to abuse or you can, you know, the little bit of turmoil yeah. in the family. But Yeah. And like like I it's it's sort of hard to talk about it because I'm like I don't I don't like to make any excuses. I'm not a victim or I don't yeah, like yeah. to make any excuses for like what, what happened to me. Yeah. Um and I don't want to put any guilt on them because I believe that like I was born a bit crazy <laughs> and really <laughs> and like if no matter what even if I had a like a lovey-dovey perfect picturesque upbringing like I was born like crazy I was born with this brain yeah and like no matter what like I reckon I would have gone down the path I went down going to school central coast you'd surf because you were that in love with the surf? You'd surf before school and after school, yeah. And that's uh, you'd spend most of your time. So what? When the, yeah. as you say, when when dad, and mum, sort of, um, I think it was a young age when when dad sort of uh, yeah. left, like eleven or yeah, so. Yeah, was eleven. Obviously, he had the ocean, as you say. Yeah, yeah. What was what was the you know going forward? Mum, then the three kids. That part. Yeah. Going like, forward. Yes, yeah, uh, I don't want to like get all. It all gloomy. No, no. But it was Brownie's first day, first day of uh, school. Oh, was it? Yeah, first day. Oh, of, damn. I was 11. Shit. Uh, first, going on 12, first, first day of high school. Oh, high school too. And, and uh, no one was there to take me <laughs> to school. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, man. And, and um, those, those sort of things, I mean, people don't realise, those sort of things, you know, they have, have a bit of an effect, like certain things that yeah. happen and to to some people it might be just simple things. Mm. You know, like, oh, you know, dad didn't take me or mum didn't take me to this place or that place. But when you, as you say, sometimes sometimes it's just that part where those little things have a lifetime effect. Yeah. I, I believe in it. Yeah, because, like I, like, I had these, like, 
I don't know, I call it the pathological critic these days, like that negative voice that goes on. And like, I was, I thought, oh, like, you mustn't be that special. Like, like if, if your old man can't even take you to school, <laughs> yeah, yeah. On, like your first day of school and he's gone well, for be, good. Yeah, you would be confused. And, but that was just like, that was like the negative talk that started playing out um, in my life. Yeah. Like, it's like, I was like feeding that, that insidious little beast. Um, and it's funny cause I look back even surfing competitions when I was a kid, like I'd let other kids go the waves instead I was, oh, you go that one. Like I felt, didn't felt feel as worthy. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, but by all I reports, you were pretty, uh, a pretty demon, demon surfer back in the day. Yeah. So what, yeah. was it just like a, I suppose, an acceptance thing? Like you wanted to make other people happy? Yeah, and, like I was a people pleaser. Yeah, okay. As well, because everyone had to like me. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, like I had, um, like I got in touch with their ego as well down the track, but it all started like um, I thought I was being a good guy. Yeah. You know? um, letting people go the waves and um, – putting other people first. Yeah, making like, people laugh. And... It's a sort of twisted thing because really it was my own in like insecurity and it's like ev- everyone did have to like me. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I do um, like crazy things just like for attention. You know, even when I was younger, mum, I didn't mind a ciggy and uh, I'd, I'd be like, hey, Josh, I'd light him up a durry. <laughs> he was only like five years old. <laughs> and I'd go, hey, go show mum and dad how you can smoke like them. <laughs> and he'd run in and he'd go, oh, oh, such a cute little boy. Oh, all right. Just run in and go, hey, look, dad, look, mum, I can smoke like you. And um, I'd just hear, like, kidding me. <laughs> Don't blow it up. And he's had a few hey, You said the poor Josh, you're in the battle. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he, d- I heard him just like fucking storming out of the house and I just put my sprint on, hey. Because he, cu- he um, had a few motorbike accidents and he couldn't do his knees. You, your father? So I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I had a leg up from the get-go. He could never, he could never catch me. And I'd just go run away for the day and then come back and hope I didn't get uh, a whooping. A whooping, yeah. <laughs> but, oh. You know, just weird things for yeah. attention, you know, yeah. like because I didn't know how to ask for it. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So many little things, you know. But whatever. So when when Dad, I think as I say, uh, you're 11 when Dad Dad left, and you sort of as you, uh, I think, stated or or I've sort of uh, seen before. You had to sort of take that role of being the the mm. father, come you know the yeah. the male of the family. Yeah, like what, I've what always, was that responsibility? Obviously, thinking you know, dad's gone. What's where well, I got to I got to start? You know, no more sending Josh in for the smoking the durries. Yeah, yeah. I you had to grow start, up, like, yeah. grow up fast. I had to grow up fast, and I just I really like when I say that I took on the um, the father role, um, like. I really held it, like, took it with two hands, you know? Yeah. At a gut level. Yeah. Like, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the man of the house now. Like, these, these, these kids and mum, like, I'm, like, I take it upon myself to look up, to yeah. look after them and make sure they're okay. And, um, 
Yeah, like I was the um, little fucking golden child up until 16. <laughs> you know, because yeah, it's a lot. It was a lot to, like, little did I know that um, what I took on at that age was, you know. It's a lot, a lot of pressure too for, a, lot, for a, a young of, for a young person, especially yeah. when they're, they're already feeling like they're outcast or something's different about them next minute. Oh, now I'm in a role. I'm a role model, and I've mm. got to make ends meet for my family. Or I've got to get rich, or I've got to somehow survive. Yeah, and that's, that's what a- I said to Mum too, because we were getting like Red Cross fucking handouts. Yeah, like shit got real low, you know. And um, we we're getting food hampers delivered, and I was looking around, going, "This can't be it. Like this isn't." This this isn't not, not on my watch. Not on my watch. Yeah, like, and I said to mum, I said, "Oh, mum, like one, you're not going to have to worry one day. Like, I'm I'm going to be um, so rich. Like, you're not going to have to worry about a thing, you know." And it like, I said it to her, and like, I fucking knew I was. But saying that, did that did that put added stress? Like, I suppose added pressure to you. Yeah, because like. A young young man going man of the family now I've got to take on that role. Now you've put a, a benchmark or level and saying to your mum, and I know that's you look at your mother who's you know a strong person in all our families, yeah. and you go, man, I'm going to make this work for you. Mm. That, that's a that's a lot of pressure too. Yeah, yeah, and um, it was I didn't realise at the time how how much that was for, for a kid that age. And, um, yeah, it got up to um, 16 and, um, you know, drinking was like such a big culture. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was must, must, uh There was a couple of moments that, I, like, that I'll talk about before that. For instance, like um, I was at my grandpa's place. I would have been like 13. And I saw his his beer like glistening on the um, um, on the side of the barbecue. Oh, right. And I was just captivated by how good it looked. You know, like when it gets the condensation and the yeah, the, uh, <laughs> condensation is just wow. sort of like draining down the outside of the glass, and it was gold. And I was like, "Oh, what's this? Wow, that's that's my rich right there." Yeah. And he said, "Um, I said, oh, can I have a can I have a sip of that?" And um, he said, "Yeah." And I took a little sip and I, I didn't like the, the taste. Taste, yeah. But I sculled the whole cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't like the taste, but I sculled the I whole thing. I just sculled the whole cup. I don't, like this. all these little things come back to me now. Yeah. And I remember just like feeling the effect it gave me. And I was like crawling around because um, I used to love looking for lizards. Yeah. And I was crawling around in their, their backyard, like looking for lizards and like all the, the leaves on the trees looked really green and it was fucking awesome, you know? Yeah. And then um, before I was um, as well, like mum had a boyfriend and um, he had all this homebrew under his house that was off, tasted like Vegemite. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it made my mouth numb, like, because it was had fermented for so long. Wow. And I couldn't relax until like, he he had like two um, milk crates full of it. Wonder, wonder if it was uh, with the homebrew, if it was that just under the house, just like had to settle. 
Like it had yeah, to settle I, before you could I, actually. I think it was, he was at a bend there for ages. He forgot about it. Oh, right. <laughs> so, but I put it all in the fridge. Yeah. And I couldn't relax until every one, every one of those drinks were drank. <laughs> Didn't think much of it. Yeah. You know? From 16 to 18, you started dabbling in the, the alcohol. Yeah. It was just, you know, I spoke about all those responsibilities I put on myself. I remember being down at the beach and out comes the goon bag and we lit the fire and put on the sound system. Was that all just like a young crew that you were hanging around? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, for the 16th birthday. For the surfies and having that personality where you want to please people, you yeah. want to be accepted. Yeah. That's like just a normal, oh, I'm in, boys, let's do it. Well, I was a yes man. Yeah, Like okay. all of that just, yeah, right, if that's what we're doing, we're doing that. And then woke up. Yeah, well, anyway, all, all those responsibilities, I just didn't think about them. They just got washed away. Yeah, true. And I was free. And, and you're and you're surfing in competitions uh, at this time and prior yeah. to this too, going very well. Yeah, like I had my goals too. Like On I was, circuit, um, I looked up to. Um, there was a sort of like a, a, a core um, couple of surfers, um, like Andrew Mooney, who I'm good friends with today, and he shapes my surfboards. Oh, true that, true that. Wow, and cool. um, Damien Wills, um, and they were like, I remember Damien Wills, man. He's a legend. He's he was, um, yeah, like a, played a big part in my life too as a young age too. And, um, I looked up to them and I thought, you know, they're, they're chasing the big waves. Dream, the big waves. On their, their airs and they just, I just wanted to be, be like them. When I left school, like I was, I was, I was driven, got a article in the, um, in tracks. Oh, okay, the surf mags, double, yeah. Double page. Wow, that's um, cool. Um, at 17. Yeah. Um, of, I waited out the back at Shark Island and Doma Wills took me out there and um, I waited out the back for a set. Waited like an hour and a half and I was freezing. <laughs> and um, finally a set came through, but the tide had dropped in this wave. You can only surf it on a high tide. Oh, wow. And I'm, I faded. So deep and turned up and there's the rocks. Oh, wow. Never surfed away before in my life as well. <laughs> and um, turned wow. up and just knew I was fucked. And um, um, Tim Jones, like an old legend photographer, was there to capture it. Really? Wow. And I didn't know. Yeah. And um, anyway, got flogged, snapped my board in two places but rolled along the rocks. Lucky I had a wet, like a wetty hood on. Uh-oh. And um, my leg rope got caught under under the water and I had to take off, un- undo my leggy strap um, under the water because uh, I was trapped as well. Wow. And came up and just was like, oh, well, that was a pretty good introduction to Shark Island, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to go in now. <laughs> got no choice, got no board, got no leggy, got no, got no fucking nothing. <laughs> got no head, it's all mixed. Yeah. Wow. And then um, I got a um, um, a call from the editor of Tracks while I was doing my HSC because um, the mum was like, for me, just finish your HSC for me. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, all right, mum, I'll do it for you. <laughs> I'll, do- I'll do it for you. <laughs> and um, I remember I was studying um, John Marsden's poems and I was getting 
hooked into an English exam. And um, Luke, uh, the editor of Tracks, um, called me and was like, oh, hey, hey uh, Brownie, like, um, um, what do you, how do you feel about getting on the back page of Tracks? And I said, fucking nice. Wow. And um, we did a little phone interview. Next thing you know, it's out. And um, it spoke about my training regime and just how dedicated I was. Yeah. And, um, yeah, from then I was from, um, I had really great intentions, um, doing the pro junior series too, when I was from, um, when I left school, finished my HSC and, um, did the pro juniors uh, for a year for mum's like, yeah, you you can do that. And then, um, you're going to have to get a job if you're not into it. And, um, like I had all intentions of like going, going hard on the junior series. Yeah. Right. And cause you're on the, if you get on the mag as well, Mm. like you would have been feeling, man, I'm a bit like the little bit of famous, you know, I'm on the back. Cause that was a big thing back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah. If you're on any of the mags, it was like magazines were like what everyone was doing. Obviously they didn't have social media realistically and. Mm -mm. So I was just like, wow, you know, if you're on the mag, you're in the mags yeah, and you've made it. Yeah. You've man. made it. You've made only the back page, but yeah. you've made it. Yeah, and I was getting, I was falling off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> falling off and I still became yeah. famous on yeah. the mags. Wow. But um, so like, and like I had friends and stuff going, oh, Brownie, like you rip and all that stuff. And I just see myself now, I was like thinking back, I look back and I'm like, Fuck! You had like you had no no hope. <laughs> when, when, I, when I think back, I, I had no hope. Because like, if I didn't have you know like that whole, I didn't feel worthy. Yeah, and I okay. felt still like, that outcast feeling, all that and, shit. And I carried into my comp, so I was up against like dead set some people I looked up to. Yeah, true that. Wow. And I thought, no. Like I'm nowhere near as good as as them, and I'm not worth. Like I yeah. just did not feel. Why, why am I here? I felt yeah. less less than, and yeah. I was I was before I even hit the water. I hadn't like I was, I hadn't I hadn't made it. Wow, uh, yeah, it's a crazy crazy self esteem, yeah, like, real low yeah. self esteem, yeah, and um, so that. Um, ended up being like a, around Australia, every event, there was a party. Yeah, true. That's... And I had all intentions about doing well in the comps. Yep. But as soon as I like, um, touched a drink. Yep. Is, it, is was, that, is that, it the... was a compulsion. Yeah. It set off that phenomenon of craving they talk about. Yeah. And I were, I had to satisfy it. Yeah. Right. Like it, yeah. once I had one, I had to just keep going. Is that, is that where the, the sort of introduction, um, like when you're obviously wake, getting to the age of 18 and then um, you sort of found the the drugs as well mm. on top of the alcohol? The yeah, ecstasy, man. what was the, like, the whole trip of the ecstasy, weed, cocaine, so, mushrooms? Yeah, it's so progressive, dude. Like I look back at like – at the progressive nature of alcoholism. Yeah. And it starts of like a trickle, like, you know, when, say if I, we want to go surf some stationaries in the lake, the lake, we need to want to let the lake out and we dig it out and there's just a trickle of water. 
Yeah, uh, okay, that, that scenario, yeah, yeah, that, I get it. That's like well, alcohol, that's... The alcoholism for me. Yeah, okay. It's like it starts with a trickle and then the, the river like starts flowing a little bit more. And then the, and then the, the sides break down and more water comes through. And then through. Start, it's just a raging. And like that was the span like over the years. But um, the love for the ocean, like I didn't even, um, you know, I grew, I remember growing my own pot in the backyard. <laughs> and like I, I just fucking love the look of marijuana plants. And <laughs> like my mate and I were really into it. Yeah. Um, just yeah, sat there and looked at them each day. Yeah, we were like, we planted um, on this date and we harvested on this date. We um, got some um, Northern Light Cross Super Skunk imports uh, <laughs> from over, over in Amsterdam. We'd um, so plant, you went, you went all top level. Oh, yeah. Plant plants um, like in like um, out in the bush and clear out little areas and <laughs> right into it and um, like I'd go even like I'd be it was the witch or the bitch like I'd I'd say oh yeah I'm not going to drink but I'd be fucking charging the weed yeah just fucking chuffing it <laughs> just chuffing but it. I loved I just loved the effect like just being off my head yeah was that obviously was that when you're in on the circuit yeah, you're doing that. Just smoking a bit of weed, and you'd were, did just you bush. have you'd left school by then because you were working yeah. at some luxury hotel too, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, so left school, um, did the junior series for a year, just turned into a one one big party, one big yeah, right. And little did I know, I was just coping with, you know, my alcohol. Like when I drank, every I'd become like on an even playing field with everyone. Same as everyone else. Yeah. yeah okay. and, it, and it washed all that, all the issues I had yep. and all that like uneasiness would just wash away. And in and the conversations would just start flowing because, yeah. you know, I don't mind. Oh, a, that's right. That's when I don't you get mind the, chewing the fat yeah. and the music. I love hard music, like high energy music. Yeah. Um, that would even sound better. Yeah. And like it was just the effect that alcohol gave me. I was like, why would I want to be sober? Yeah, true that. Yeah, that's. I suppose that's how it all gets. Why gets would to you, I? Innit? Why and I didn't. I never was one to have a care in the world. Um, I'd always look to the bright side, and people were worried about this and that, and I'd be thinking, "What are you worried about? Just have a beer. <laughs> just have just have a, one. Just open. have a beer. Who gives a shit? What's going on? Wow. Like it's just get mildly intoxicated and just fucking cruise." Who cares about anything? Let's just have fun. So when you, when you say you get it, that's you start getting into that zone when you're just like, yeah. wow, I'm thriving on this. Yeah. It was like what, oh. where at, at that stages, what what took over? Obviously, the alcoholism took over, but um, it like, slowly just took me. It's slowly like little did I, it felt like my best friend. Like even my mate, like my mates would be like. Oh, haven't had a girlfriend and yeah. all this, and I, I, I didn't think it of the time, but like the alcohol was my, was I, you? I, my partner. Like it was always there. Like it was a warm hug. It made me feel like, like at ease with the world. Um, even when I wake up, I'd feel a bit sick. It was there to make me feel better. Yeah, right. 
Like yeah, it yeah, was, that, that makes sense. It too. was my partner. Like it, it was like it was me and me and alcohol. That that was your world. But on the outside, obviously, going through uh, like I think you're you're drinking daily. This is the age twenty two. It was progressive, man, because the love of the ocean and me saying, "Mum, I'm going to be rich one day." Yeah, well, and like all that, all that stuff, like deterred me from daily drinking. Like I'd be like. No, I'm going to pull up stumps I'm, I'm and I'm make it. I'm going to train, and I'd have grandiose ideas. Um, so, like getting getting into grandiose ideas, like I got a job at the Park Hyatt Hotel, like it's called a bellboy, but yeah, concierge. We had to study what restaurant was the best, know the city like the back of our hand, and drive people around oh, well, in the yeah, van. Okay. Well, that's a bit that's a bit intense. But, yeah, but little did I know, like fear. Like my dream was to be like a surfer. Yeah. And fear, I was being um, distracted by life's life's d- distractions. I was distracting myself, yep. justifying and rationalizing and conforming with the world. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get a safe job, uh, make, you know, a thousand bucks a week, um, doing, you know, Sitting in this safety no- zone, I've got a um, a mate that's Feeling got that's got me the job. Yeah, um, this is all pretty pretty easy. And um, but little did I know when I signed up for that, I was like turning my back on myself. Yeah, okay. Like my intuition and my spirit wanted wanted the ocean, but I was becoming a victim or um, a slave to to what I thought was my partner with like alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. And um, I took another t- took another um, road. Yeah. And um, from then on, that's when I found um, the stimulants. Because even a mate said to me, Brownie, because I was smoking a fair bit of pot. Yeah. And I was usually an outgoing guy. And he said, um, yeah, my mate Brent, um, and he was like, Brownie, just like, you got to get on the stimulants, mate. Like, you're, so, you're such a downer. And I was we thinking, don't see you down. Get like, up. fucking oath I am. What am I doing smoking this smoking this pot? Fucking turns me into a downer. <laughs> I'm going to start getting on the ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's obviously that ecstasy, <laughs> then the cocaine, then the mushrooms, yeah. speed. All of it. It all started so, to just carry on. Wow. Like, and what or was li- nothing, what was living nothing. like when you when you're going through all those the drugs and the alcoholism? How did that affect like your life at that present? Like not just with your life because yeah. you had your partner, so to speak, or partners, mm. but your family, your friends, your yeah. It was a slow burn, eh? Like, but now in hindsight, it happened all pretty quickly. But so I'd be I'd be working. I'd do. I'd do a double shift, so that's 18 hours, the hotel, sleep there, drink that night, because fuck, I had a good one. Fuck, it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> sit on the balcony, we'd just smoke a joint, be with a couple of mates, drink out the mini bar. <laughs> We're only 19. You yeah. can do stuff like that then. Wow. It was all fun and games. And um, wake up. Do another eighteen-hour shift, so that's four shifts in two days. Um, go home, um, 
who knows what we'd do. And then um, wake up, I'd do another shift. Um, it was usually an Arvo shift that finished at midnight. And then I'd have the rest of the week and a um, thousand bucks in my pocket to just get well and truly amongst it. Yep. I was living on the central coast and commuting and like, I don't want to like act like I'm far from a tough cunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was just a rowdy, loose little yeah. little bloke <laughs> and um, had such a low self-esteem and like my alcoholism, like I was um, partying with some like, sort of today, like some mates and like we just like we would just tear it up. Like mm. I would, I was so devoted to the party lifestyle. Like I had this attitude. It's like if, if anyone gets in the way of my high, because I love the effect that ecstasy gave me. Yeah, okay. Like just coming up hard, listening to hard music and like the vibes are just fucking high. You're with all the boys, yeah. just loving it. And like, mate, is there, if anyone gets in the way of my high, if anyone tries to ruin my <laughs> night, like that's it. There's gonna. I used to hate it when people would just start talking shit and arguing and all that. Yeah, none of that. It was just one fucking hit. It was just punching on. Get you, you get in the way of my high. It was just a fucking elbow to the face. Wow. You know. Yeah. And just... I like live by live by those motives, and yeah. like it was all fun and games. Like how, how many, how many places? Like, <laughs> how many, how many? I wasn't, I was a skinny little bloke. I've been, don't get me wrong. Like if I had like a few um, mates backing me up, but a lot of the time, like I was getting knocked out. Yeah. Like I'm not acting like a hard, <laughs> yeah, like a yeah. tough cunt here. Like it was just part of the, the game. Yeah. Like we were out getting loose. Like you get knocked out, you get back up and just keep partying. And, and also like the central coast like was, like, it's a crazy. It was place. wild. That Central like, Coast is a pl- crazy place. Yeah, ended up getting um. Dad was um the security guard at the <laughs> Crown Plaza still, <laughs> and I was at the Crown Plaza just getting getting up to no good, and like he would be like, "Brownie, you've had enough to drink," and I I would just say, "Are you fucking kidding me? Who are you to I'm, tell me anything?" Like I that? am just getting started, like, and I'm staying. Next thing you know, like I've got every security guard in the place trying to kick me out. Roughing, how, how many, how many places in Central Coast and Sydney would you have been banned from? Yeah, so I was, um, I was banned uh, as soon as I tried to get into the Crown Plaza. Or oh, sorry, mate, you can't come in. <laughs> did you, did you put on that? My daddy works here. Oh, mate, <laughs> it was strict orders. Yeah, <laughs> from the man himself, and. Um, yeah, you could imagine. And then um, Woodport Inn, band there. No, sorry, mate, you can't come in here. Me and another bloke just got up to no good. <laughs> selling pingers. Oh, you, know, yeah. you know, getting 100, selling 50, yeah. and there's 50 for us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then um, just raucous, you know. And, um, yeah, was banned from Woodport Inn. Pretty hard to get banned from that place. <laughs> and then, uh, and um, it was fun games. And then um, I ended up moving to Sydney and um, I was uh, frequenting um, World Bar and um, ended up getting banned uh, from there. 
um, Candy's apartment next door. Wow. Got banned from there. The security just look at me going, no, mate, you, you can't not, come not in. Coming in. No, and I was, and um, I was just, I got like, that was just one stage, like, I'd never like want to hurt, like, I was never one to look no. for a fight, but a lot of people out were. Yeah, yeah. And I just right. hated that. Yeah. But then little did I know, like, that's what I. You, you were doing that. I became that. Yeah, right. And, but I didn't give a shit. No. Like, I dead set on the bender, I would, I was fucking sold. Like the way that the drugs and the alcohol made me feel, yeah. I'd talk to like people I was on the bender with yeah. and I'd say, I'm going to go out like this. Yeah, right. This is it for me. I found it. Wow. I can love it. Yeah. It was my religion. Like they call about spirit, spirit in the, the universal spirit in the bottle. Yeah. My spirit was in the bottle, man. Really? And like I planned on going out that way. Yeah. Like I couldn't see myself living past 30. No way. Because I've I've read some sometimes like when you're out partying you and you you know pleasing other people making people laugh you get to the stages sometimes where you do things like stab yourself and then you'd sew yourself up again yeah yeah self harm self harming yourself yeah like I'd get so buckled like my mate putting was cigarettes like, out on yourself yeah I'd I'd just I'd love a durry I'd fucking roll my own ciggies I was getting coke for like. 200 bucks a gram yeah. <laughs> um, and I'd sprinkle, like I'd have cracked ciggies, you know, like sprinkle the um, cocaine in the ciggy and roll it up. Far like out. that was my go-to and yeah, it was um, self-harm was like a big thing, you know, like putting those ciggies out on myself. Um, what else? Yeah. Um, like overdose, like stat- overdose and purposely trying to overdose. Yeah, cut Purposely. my arm open, like, your eye, and then watch, and it back just up. watching the blood spurt out at a party, and like everyone's just going, "What the fuck? Oh, are you oh, serious? Call an God. ambulance!" Oh, and yeah. I'm just going, thinking, "This is it's fucking funny, isn't it?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is my hero. You what wanted to be, wait, you wanted to be my blood brother. Here, <laughs> here I am. <laughs> what, I've what, done the first move. Here I am. Um, come on, where, wow. where's your end of the deal? And um, yeah, and then um, overdosing too. You know, like um, taking um. What happened? Like, what happened with living wise? Like, obviously, you're living with taking so many drugs. That, so many drugs and out of it, but living on lounges like your friends' lounges, yeah, or yeah, yeah, like. I ended up, um, like my, the unmanageability dude, like I'd, I'd be looking at other people going, you know, that have to get on a vendor with me or whatever. And then they can call it quits. Yeah. Okay. They go, Oh, that was a big weekend. Oh, and you're still going on the weekend. I'm going to have to pull, pull up stumps here and, um, you know, deal with this come down or deal with this hangover and then I'll get back to work and I'll, um, I'll work for however long yep. and then, and then I'll have another bender down the track. But for me. Like, I'd get on the bender and then I'd wake up and I'd, I'd, I'd just, fuck being hungover. Yeah, go again. I'm just going to be mildly intoxicated because I had, prior to doing that, like, I tried to do it like like, like normal people. Yeah. I fucking tried so hard to, like, 
have have a big night and then be abstinent. Yeah. And I was like a ticking time bomb. Really? Like someone would like I would feel like this ball of energy inside, like a stick of dynamite that was just slowly burning. And then it, like the days would go by and then it, someone would say, oh, you want to go have a beer? And I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Get me down there. Yeah. And that it, it, all started it would again. be so satisfying yeah, right. that, that like my, my abstinence, like me having that drink after abstaining yeah. was it was just like on, like no tomorrow. What was the turning point? Obviously, you kicked out of every club in in New South Wales, basically Kings Cross, the whole lot, Central Coast. Yeah, you're going on these benders. You're living this life, as you say, with your partner, so to speak. The alcoholism. Mm. When did it get to a When did it get to a stage? Because I know you're again, like anyone else going through those, you'd have credit card maxed out, and, you know, like all, you know, going into debt, anything that fixes that. Unregistered car. Unregistered cars, like just Parking all that. fines. Oh. All that, um, all that builds up. At what point did it all come crashing down? I saw my mate smash the glass on the dance floor. Default was just to do a front flip, landed flat on my back and um, cut my back up. Yeah, right. Wow. So um, we went down to the IGA and um, um, got some tape uh, and tried to just tape my myself up uh, the cuts to stop the that. bleeding. <laughs> and they're like stitcher-worthy cuts. Yeah. And um, ended up getting in the nightclub, um, Soho, in the cross, because um, the front of me looked presentable, but the back was red. And... Um, I was on the dance floor. Oh, um, so prior to getting in there, um, this bloke came up to me and was like, holy shit, what's wrong with you and stuff? And um, yeah. <laughs> so oh, don't worry about it. It's just a couple of cuts. And he's like, oh, what? You can't. And just got, like gave me a couple of caps. Yeah, right. Just shouted. <laughs> and I did like this running. What do you, my mate was, oh, sorry for mentioning your name, but yeah. um, was doing a piss and I just quickly just ran and did this um, fucking G.I. Joe slide underneath his, the stream of urine, had yeah. the caps in my mouth and just swallowed both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, ended up in Soho and um, was just off my head. And by the time the, co- the security found out that I was um, like, what you know, found me on the dance floor, yeah. I was dead set, like covered head to toe in blood. And um, they kicked me out and they said, um, um, what the hell happened to you in there? And I, they, Did you get stabbed? I didn't tell them I got stabbed. And he, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I got stabbed. And he said, who did it? And I looked around and I saw this like bloke in a suit um, <laughs> and uh, I said, oh, he did it. <laughs> and they looked at me and they go, Mate, he owns this place. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, he shouldn't. Have, he shouldn't walk around with a knife stabbing people. <laughs> and I looked him dead in the eye and yeah. I said, Are "You calling me a fucking liar?" <laughs> and um, he said, "Oh, mate, get out of here!" And just sort of kicked me in the ass and told me to go. <laughs> and um, I would have, I would have lost liters of blood. And um, I called up work and I said, 
like, I can't make it into work for a while. Like, I had to stitch it up at home. My mate stitched it up for me. <laughs> and um, they're like, oh, okay, like, we'll give you a couple of weeks um, paid leave. Oh, beautiful. And, and whenever I got paid leave, like, it would be a free pass to just get crazy next level. <laughs> and that was, little did I know, that was the end of my my spree. Yeah, like, okay. Um, now that I look back, I was... I wasn't um, in too good a shape. I was pretty gaunt in the face. Yeah. Um, like starting to get that like attic look. And um, that two weeks of just um, constant drinking, because that was my life now. It was just drinking daily. Yeah. Um, I um, got to a point. Um, it was my last hurrah. I didn't even know it. I was, I was at um, Bondi Beach Road. Um, sort of like at my mate's place opposite Beach Road. And it was but like that time, um, like you saw it on, on the news in America, like bath salts, um, like running rampant in, um, in the States. There's people that are like, they call it the zombie drug and people are eating. Oh, really? Eating, eating um, each other. Wow. Taking, taking bites out of, out of like their own friends and. And shit, wow. and eating it and stuff, and um, I thought, oh yeah, that's fucking pretty crazy. And um, like little did I know, it, it made its way over to Australia. Yeah, and um, like I'd already um, gone through like fuck, I don't know, like we were drinking hard, getting on the bags. Yeah, the last thing we needed was was the some muscles. Was that? Wow. Um, but it's a pretty, it's sort of like a movie because my mate. Um, went to the beach road and was asking around for pills because um, there was the three of us. And he got talking to this Russian bloke and uh, he's like, is that, you know, he's a Russian accent. Oh, you come back to mine and I'll give you, I'll, I'll sort you out. And he gave him one pill. Yeah. And he said, um, that's all you need. How many of, how many people are at your place? He said three. And his, the Russian bloke said, yeah, just take one yeah, and just right. thirds it, crush it up and thirds it and you, you'll be, you'll be, um, you'll be right. And I'm thinking he's coming back to mine with one pill. Yeah. I'm going, are you kidding me? Like, mate, like we, we'd go through like however many pills. Yeah. Yeah. A weekend, like just a well and tr- you know, and, um. One pill? You got to be kidding me! Didn't think much of it, and um, he's uh, well. They left when we went downstairs to go out. Um, he left my thirds on the um, washing machine <laughs> just to snort. Yeah, snort. Little did I know that they're out the front, um, fucking completely out of it. Really? And um, I, as soon as I snorted it. You know the X Files, fucking X Files intro. Yeah, yeah. How things go all green and yeah. fucking. <laughs> as soon as I snorted it, like I fucking, like, knew my drugs, and I, this thing was just on a different level. Like, wow. uh, they talk about like synthetic. Yeah, yeah, synthetic. Yeah. At that time, synthetics were getting through. Oh, okay. Undetected. Oh, right. Uh. Um, cause true it's all these new all drugs. That. Yeah. All these, yeah, right. these, the sniffer dogs didn't even know what they're sniffing. Yeah. True. 
So these things, well, they say it's like a hundred times stronger than whatever. Oh, wow. Yeah. Boy, was it ever. Really? Like I come up straight away. I come up so hard that I started vomiting rainbows. Yeah. And right. it, like, I'm not one to like talk up. I've fucking been on double mushy shakes. Like <laughs> a lot. Like I've tripped out hard. Yeah. And this was like a disgusting, like synthetic, nothing natural yeah, right. about this come up. Wow. It was artificial as fuck. And it felt good. Yeah. Okay. Like as the vomit was flowing out of my mouth, I was pushing it out, going, yeah. oh. And like watching the rainbows going, this is fucking amazing. Wow. But I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and um, came out and um, my mates um, lit, my, their, um, where their um, lip crease is, yeah. was um, like slit right all the way up to their jaws. And they were seeing the same thing too. And our mouths were hanging down. This wasn't, this was, we're all tripping. Yeah, tripping out. It wasn't actually real. That's why they call it the zombie drug. Oh, okay. That's why. And our jaws were just completely hanging loose and we looked like zombies. Wow. Yeah. And I was feeling so euphoric, so hot, like feeling like a zombie. And I climbed up on, I had a red um, charade, Daihatsu charade at that stage. Yeah. Um, Because I I had a um, a car that sold it. Eight thousand dollar car and sold it for thirteen hundred bucks and just bought drugs with it. <laughs> and um, but yeah, so down to the Daihatsu Charade cost me a thousand bucks. Wow, good little car. And um, jumped on the bonnet, like the roof of it, yep. and just started caving it in, just jumping on it, just caving it in, no shirt on, and like little did I know, like the cops just pulled up. Oh, really? As, as soon as. This has never happened before in my life. As soon as we were coming up on this, on this drug, and I was in trouble, the cops showed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See the bright lights, the blue lights, and I said, I, "I don't even know." This is just what people. Would, I have like faint little, yeah, faint memories of what happened. And um, four cops took four cops to um, rip me off the off the off the roof of the car. And they tackled me on the onto the gravel, and um, I pulled the handcuffs that were behind, behind me so hard that they were cutting off the circulation and cutting into my hands. Wow. And I was ferociously foam foam coming out of my mouth, eyes in the back of my head, rubbing my head in gravel until the first layer of skin oh, was wow. off my face. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and they um, waited. They held me um, apparently, and um, that while. Two of my mates were cowering in the fetal position, not knowing what to do because they were so they were just as buckled as me, I think. Yeah. And um, they waited for the ambulance to come, and they just gave me um, like a sedative, yeah. like yeah. they just um, um, gave me an injection yeah. to sedate me. Wow! And they looked in my eyes. I remember them when they put me in the ambulance. When you know they they open your eye and they shine a torch in yeah, there. Yeah. And I said, he's gone. This guy's a goner. Wow. <laughs> and um, that's all I remember was the zombie, the, the tackling, and them saying, shining the torch in my eye. Saying you're gone. And um, no one knew where I was, my family or. Anyone. No, I didn't come home. And I was, um, I um, actually had like this fucked up, like, Beautiful 
The year, the year, uh, after you got him put in hospital, uh, the ambulance, you obviously went to hospital. Hospital. And I'm handcuffed that to the bed. And I was sedated for like 14 hours I was out for. Yeah, right. And little did they know, yep. like, how how serious, how Gone much serious were. trouble I was in. Yep. They didn't know what drugs I was on. And um, I I um, had an out-of-body experience. Yeah, right. And, like, I've had plenty of trips before. Yep. Um, but- this was, um, it felt like reality. Um, like when I came out of this, um, experience, it's like it actually happened. Yeah. Right. Like it happened for me. Yep. And, um, so I ended up like getting transported. I just call it heaven yeah. because, because it was beautiful. Yeah. Like I got to experience, um, like true connection with um, like my, these higher beings and like the place I went to, it was kind of like, it was, it was like a futuristic um, world. And um, I was the only, there was a lot of things going on up there, like people busy doing, doing their, their thing. But um, I, I got in touch with like these, these guides and they took me under their wing and it was like, I was like in, their club or like something like that. <laughs> and they were just showing me the way. And, um, we spoke through body language. So like our mouths actually weren't going. We had such a connection that we were connection so strong that we were talking through, through just body language. Through the so mind, my, like my, the mind and our movements and oh, yeah. all that was the way we communicated. And they got, they actually got me in touch with like, my true strengths. And I'm talking like I lived, oh, there's no time up there either. So like when my, my spirit or whatever got transported up to heaven, like my ego stayed down here. So I wasn't thinking how long have I been up oh, heaven okay. for? You're just there. Time, it doesn't exist. Wow. Wow. Time's non-existent. And they got in touch. I got in, got me in touch with um, my true strength to a point um, where they wanted to keep me. Yeah, wow. And I'm talking a lifetime might, journey. Well, and that's what probably to us uh, plebs on earth, probably you're meaning that's like death was calling you or they mm. wanted you to remain there with them. Yeah. Death would have been calling me in the hospital bed. Wow. And I was um, – I, I formed this – amazing relationship with these people up there and they had orders from above saying that you're going to have to keep keep him um, up here because he's he belongs up here now with you guys because you've disclosed oh so much yeah where where you've gone to yeah yeah wow and um they had this like um, got heavy up there and i actually had to show and prove to them how how badly I wanted to come back to earth. So like the fight that I had to put up with up there wasn't one of violence. Um, it's so hard to put this stuff into words. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It was one of like persuasion um, and inner, like the inner, inner strength. Inner strength. Like I had to really... Um, present them with 
the the strength and the reasoning why to and negotiation in an extreme wow. um, setting where they had this. I felt like I don't know if it was their foot that they were holding me down with, yep. or a futuristic weapon. But if it went off, it, um, and I didn't show such such strength. Um, You'd been gone. I think the down in the hospital bed, the, the whole thing would have went. Beep. Wow. And so if I gave up, if I gave up and I didn't prove myself, yeah, I wouldn't have come back to my body. Yeah, okay. And I would have died. I would have just been another one of those statistics. Young, younger kids overdosed. Overdosed on on shit. So yeah. you you have that you have that out of body that whole different dimension. Uh, you get out of hospital. So when I proved uh, to them that I wanted to come back to Earth, I actually fell into hell. Yeah, okay, first, before yeah, you come back. Before I come back, and I paid for my sins. And I was um, walking around um, endlessly because time doesn't exist there either. Okay. Uh, and it's like it's a fiery desert, Yeah. Um, desolate desert, like a big junkyard. Dark as well, no sun, and I'd just be walking around aimlessly for what was would have been, I don't know how long years, like fucking decades. Wow! And um, it all come to a close. I'd I'd meet people that would scare the fuck out of me, and I'd go the other way, and then I'd look at chambers, and um, there were people in there. Yeah. I reckon I just assume they're pedophiles and okay, yeah, okay. Um, people that have done bad things on earth yep. um, that, are, that are being punished for what they've done here. Wow. And um, I found myself in a col- coliseum and um, everyone else in hell um, was watching me and I was in the center and I had no clothes on and I started vomiting, like purging. And um, I was worrying about, it was weird because like, it was like every time I'd purge would and vomit and it was showering out from um, over me and washing me. And I was thinking, oh, like everyone's looking at me in a way. Yeah, and right. like, but every time I threw up, um, it would wash like my old self away. away. Yeah, right. To a point where I didn't care what anyone thought, even though I had a whole coliseum watching me vomiting in the nude. <laughs> Um, I ended the, the, um, the finale was me vomiting and talking, going, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks of me. Okay. That's going back from when you were younger, trying to get acceptance and what people thought of you. Yeah. And like this, it was like such a divine experience and, um, to the point where I washed away my like old self, you call it. Yeah. And I just... Fell like after that. That was the finale, and I wow. um, remember just opening my eyes, and it was those hospital hospital lights. Yeah, and my family were there, and my brother looked at me and just started bawling his eyes out, wow. just crying because my hands were like this, like not size of soccer balls. Yeah, because I had pulled them so tight. Oh, they were yeah, cut open. Yeah, yeah. They were purple. My f- fists were all swollen up, and my face was like scratched off, um, manipulated the doctors, um, like to, to let me out. Next thing you know, I'm feeling all high and 
stoked on life and hopped on the train to head back to Sydney. Yeah. And um, I didn't have alcohol from Newcastle through to Central and it's um, at Strathfield um, I ended up having a seizure. Oh, did you? Yeah, right. On the train. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so had a seizure and um, just started shaking, like fucking doing the wriggling act. Yeah, right. And um, had to get out of there and um, that's when I started hearing or hearing voices, um, things, people talking. Like a, it's the same voice, like this voice talking to me mm. um, and also things crawling in my under my skin. Yeah, okay. Like proper bugs under Lugs my skin, wow. which was nuts. And then um, I basically just felt like what it was like to be insane um, because I called my mate because I had my phone in my pocket, but I lost everything I had. Yeah, really? Yeah. And I um, wow. called my mate and said, I've lost everything. The mate I got on the bath salts with. Yeah, yeah. And he said, don't worry, jump in a cab and um, – um, get me back to get, I'll get you back to mine. And I, um, he, um, took me back to, he got me back to his and he was joking. He didn't know what, what, um, I'd been through Mm. and he was going like doing mocking, doing the vomit, doing the vomit, um, thing. And I started hallucinating and he turned into a devil and I was watching the bath salts that we took, his veins pop out and I was watching it flow through his veins. Wow. And I went up to the top level where we were, um, like, uh, to his veranda. Yeah. Um, but I, um, I went into his room first and I was getting shocked from one end to the room to the other. Yeah. Going, um, like someone was frightening me, but no one was there. Yeah. And then I just ran out onto the veranda because I had voices in my head saying the only way you're going to get better is if you crush your head. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, I was yeah. standing on the veranda, um, looking over, um, about to jump. And uh, the was, only that, thing was that, that was that the point? That was the point where you just go, "I'm done with all this." Um, so the voice was real, like it was crazy. It wasn't a thought. It was the only way you're going to get better is if you jump, jump, yeah, jump, really, jump, yeah. jump. Wow, come on! And um, then I've distracted myself with, "Oh, there's some Carlton drafts in the fridge." Oh, I went back to the drink. So, but what, what, what? So you get all you're still dealing <laughs> through all this, which is. Absolutely crazy. The point when you give everything up. Yeah. When you went, that's it, I'm giving everything up and moving forward, mm. you went into you went into rehab? Yeah. Went into so rehab. I had experience like um, complete loneliness. Um, like it had to get bad. The reality is like a lot of people like gonna they, hit rock bottom before rock you bottom. Yeah. Like right. my like being such an extremist, like who did I know? My rock, I thought a rock bottom would have been the hospital and the, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, normal people probably would have been. But mine was insanity. Like when you lose your mind, you lose your personality, you lose your- You lose everything. You lose everything. And I was in that room getting pinballed from one end to the other um, and um, I kept saying to my mate, I just got to go surfing and everything will be okay. So it was a mind over matter thing. Yeah, okay. So I told myself, even though I was going crazy, that all I have to do is go down and jump in the water. Get that, to get to the ocean. And everything will be okay. Yeah, right. And I, I went down to Bondi. It would have been 9 a.m., paper bag in one hand, a carton draft in the other, and I jumped in the water yeah. um, and just said, told myself that everything's going to be okay from this 
this moment. This moment on. But I was falling into rabbit holes, talking all sorts of nonsense, not even – I was blank. Yeah. Talking like fucking who knows what and then pulling myself out. Yeah. Going, oh, my God, sorry, guys, I don't know what I was talking about then and really scaring the people that were around me. Yeah, right. Um, And I had to experience that loneliness. Yeah. Um, because reality of what I was doing, it's death and insanity. And yeah. like, I thought I was going to have to live my life alive, but completely insane, insane. in a mental institution. Yeah, and right. like, wow. that's the loneliness I had to, I had to feel Yeah, like complete defeat, like complete defeat. Yeah. So you've been, you've been, you get to that point where you strip back to absolutely nothing and now you, you're going to rehab. You come out of rehab. Yeah. How long? How long you been sober for now? Rehab saved me too, though. Yeah. I was manipul- I was talking about what happened to people in there, and I couldn't deal with it. Yeah, and I okay. was going up to the nurses, going, "I need more Valiums. Oh, I need okay, more Valium. yeah, right. I need, I need more Valiums. So you're still trying to manipulate the system inside the system to not feel to stop to not feel. Yeah, yeah, okay. And um, so and slowly, like. They told me about AA in there and I'm not I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here in my bed. Yeah, right. I don't need any of that shit. Yeah. And um, they're like, Brownie, you got to get out. I'm like, I'm too sick to go. I, yeah. Have you know what I've been through? <laughs> Making up all the excuses I'm not to go. I'm too sick to leave this bed. So you get, I was fucked up. So you get that. You eventually went to AA? Yeah, I just did what I was told because little yeah. did I know that I, I couldn't drink. Oh, okay, I left yeah. there and I'm yeah. like, because oh. I knew I wasn't kidding myself. Yeah. Once I have one. That's gone then. I'm set off. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, if I do this again, yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've to... opened up too many brain passages. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I didn't know how to live without alcohol. Yeah. But I didn't know how to live without it. That's right, yeah. So I was confused and I re- didn't. I realised I didn't even know myself. Yeah. So basically at 24 when I left rehab, it's like I was a little chicken Cracking just, myself just out from the egg. Yeah, right. Just hatching from the egg. And how much How much did AA really help you? Like obviously yeah. you're going through that because I know, uh, you know, we've been friends for quite some years and, and I know when you went through AA yeah. um, and then you've come out of AA, but you you do a lot of work, even even yeah. you're doing a lot of work with the, the um, you know, the patients in there, even when you're out of rehab and AA, you would still be going to AA and, and yeah. mentoring some others Yeah, as well. So like, yeah, it's, it's so amazing. Like from, from the cops tackling me off the roof when I needed help yeah. to there being no filed report or charges laid upon, upon me to then my uncle's best friend was the, um, Heads, um, psychologist at the rehab. Um, so I got let in, um, pretty much straight away. Yeah. Okay. So, and then they told me about, um, the program. So I went there and it's like, whatever's out there. Like I had this really like, like fucking shitty plan for my life. Yeah. And little did I know the divine, the divinity, like of whatever's at large, on this earth, it feels like I've just, I was cr- like ever so lovingly cradled and given that amazing experience yeah. on the other side as well. Wow. 
cradled into where the answers were when I was ready. Yeah. And that was like um, like going through the steps, um, you know, having really just like what it did for me, like um, it gave me sort of in- – because like it was so easy for me to like be the victim and blame this and that for what I did. But I like got in touch with like the fact that I was the problem. Okay. Brownie, look where your best thinking got you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, that, that takes a that takes a fair bit. Oh, and it was like it's not, that's why not many like a lot of people have gone undergone the process, but you don't want to. No one wants to look at themselves. No one wants to be accountable and be accountable. Like yeah. yeah, no one wants to. Okay, look at all the look at all the things I did wrong. Now I've got to go make amends um, yeah. to all the people I've harmed. Too. Um, and early early days, like it's, it was. It was really hard to be good. Yeah. You know, okay. like you go from one extreme to then little did I know when um I asked for help off um my first sponsor, like what I was about to, you know, take on. So for instance, I was living a chaotic life, like driven by my selfishness and self centeredness, to then a life of selflessness. Yeah, yeah. And unconditional love. And not allowing anyone else's like downfalls to affect my peace and like spirituality, um, like they call it peeling back layers of the onion. Yeah, yeah true. Like little did I know what I was signing up for. Yeah. So it was painful because the, the person that I knew, the brownie that I loved, like it says like I had to let go of all of my old ideas as well and admit that I didn't know a thing. Yeah, well, that's strip. That's getting stripped back to stripped nothing. Stripped back to nothing. To nothing. But I was primed for it, though. Yeah, like well, I was beaten. I was beaten um, into a state of of reasonableness. Yeah, my mouth was shut and my ears were open for once. Okay. Yeah, good point. You know, yeah. I was pri- little. Did I know that maybe I was being primed? Yeah, I was being primed for that for this life. Yeah, true. That's yeah. What a that's a experience and half there. Well, you know, but look where it's led to you, I suppose, now where you go, you've gone through all that, you got stripped back to absolutely nothing and then going forward, then you're so good at what you do now with, with business-wise, with baristering, you've found your way back to Newcastle. Yeah, you're, back to Newy. You're helping out AA uh, there yeah. as well as fostering a, a kid to help yeah. his life. Yeah. You are now – Got a very successful coffee shop. Yeah. Lords, the Lords and, and Associates yeah. Coffee, best coffee in Newcastle. Two two beautiful children. Yeah. A wife, Nikki. Yeah. Nicola. And I mean you just you look at all that path that that's you know, before that and now you're into the you know, you've done the things, you know, you've been painted by artists. Mm. That was that would have been crazy. Surfboard sponsorship. So you got your own surfboards, the mullet, the mullet surfboards, mullet boards, mullet boards. You done a little bit of modelling. Yeah, you know? who would have thought? TV. Yeah, done a little, done a little stint on TV. The date night. Yeah, <laughs> got kicked off that. But anyway, yeah. we won't go into that. And judging the mullet fest up there in Cessnock, and yeah. that's worldwide exposure. And again, yeah. those sort of things you think back. Well, wow, that's that's what I've achieved now. When you're prepared to let everything go, yeah, and and learn again, 
yeah. and selflessness rather than selfishness and just those sort of things. Yeah. You must look upon sometimes you look back. And, I mean, every day is a battle, mm. you know, getting to what you've been through. And every day, like all of us, I suppose, a, mm. a battle. But if you if someone, you know, growing, growing up or going through AA or a young kid, Grom, surfer coming through and said, uh, Brownie, what – what advice have you got for me? I mean, mm. you, you could probably find a thousand things to <laughs> say to him in regards to what not to do. Yeah. But, you know, what, what was what was some advice or that you received that you would then pass on to mm. someone else? Yeah, it's funny because, like, I'm, I'm now living the life like that, you know how I t- said that I was confused as, as a youngster and I didn't really get get the way of the world and all that. And it's like, I just had to dead set let go um, because I had to really get in touch with, like, I guess everyone's, like, due to their selfishness and self-centeredness, I don't know what it is, but majority of people, like, sabotage. um, God has a plan for every one of us and we're the ones that get in the way. Hey, well, that's... That's you pretty. know, so it's about like uh, being educated and like to understand that life's life's going to get hard. Things aren't going to go your way. Um, but inst- when things don't go your way, instead of wallowing in self-pity and go, oh, poor me, how about you have some faith and go, hey, whatever's out there has probably got a, a better plan for what my simple mind can come up with. Yeah. Because we're simple humans. Very. Um, And when we hand over to the divine and trust in God, that's when the magic happens. Yeah, wow. So if I said to to the Lord, the mullet Lord today, like obviously what you've been through is just, you know, crazy and there's thousands of stories out there like yours. If I said what, you know, what is your rich life like today? What, what? actually makes you happy what you know makes you feel uh, you know funny in the in the body and the mind what 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 is the mullet lord's rich life these days i'd love to find an island where you and i could um reenact adam and eve together (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a rich life And uh, that's that's a that's and a good that's one. The that's the wrap that's there. The that's the wrap. That's all we need. But, yeah. Uh, oh no. It's un- like we're for me. I feel like I'm ever evolving. But like to be able to sit with myself, you know, like to always, um, you know, always remain teachable, remain humble. Um, if I'm ro- if I've wronged anyone, to be able to apologize. Just you know, just to like I'm. I'm just grateful to be able to like sit with myself um, today and um, through through my meditations, um, like just be at, be at peace and ease. Like I really value my sanity, yeah, um, and in turn, like when I'm when I've um, when I'm when I'm sane and sound and I'm I'm with God, like everything's everything's amazing. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so like right now I've got um, a six month year old child and a and a two-year-old child, yeah. um, and a beautiful wife, um, and a, a th- like the the cafe's 
um, thriving. We've been there for five years, you know, yeah. slogging it out. So if you're ever anyone who's listening, anyone in uh, Newcastle, Beaumont Street, Lords, yeah. the Lords Coffee and Associates, mate, get on yeah. down there. Yeah, but we're living like it's. It comes down to lifestyle. So, like my lifestyle, um, like I was talking to a um, business coach, um, and he's doing a little um, little mini doco. And he said, oh, it's so good to see that you're immersed in like every area of, of um, the business. Yep. And I, and I thought, it's just, this is the way of life. Yeah, I yeah. love coffee. Yep. I love cafes. Yep. Uh, I love creating that community. Um, I love like the, you know, seeing the green beans come in um, yeah. and roasting them yeah. to making it, to drinking it. Um, and then, you know, we're closed at 1 PM um, and we're surfing. If there's no surf, I'm hitting gym or doing yoga and um, like basically like it's not even training for for swells no. because it's like I love train like I'm I love training and I love being fit. Um, so it's like just the the simplicity of the lifestyle I'm living. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. Surfing when there's a swell, it's amazing. Working out, working out mate, with kids, the family, wife. Um, you know, tapping into that um, that abundance yeah. as well. Um, not even, you know, the the aid or the goal um, for having a successful business isn't for for my selfish needs. No, no, that's right. Like it's the um, I'm really looking forward to um, people like. You know, if this story can inspire, but for people to uh, follow the Lord's journey and watching, you know, the success of um, our business mm, yeah, um, definitely. Um, impact good people's yeah. lives because this is this is our life. That's this right, is our one right. life on this yeah, earth. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. for people having a crack and for good people um, that are coming into my life, I'm really looking forward to impacting their lives in a positive way. You can't get much Better than a rich life than that, brother. Yeah. Well, mate, honestly, this has been uh, definitely, definitely one of the uh, the uh, big big episodes on the Rich Life Project. And uh, yeah. you know, as I say, as a close friend and and uh, known you for a while, it's absolute pleasure to have you on the uh, Rich Life Projects, brother. And I just want to uh, appreciate your time. Yeah. And uh, man, Mullet Lord, he's back. Ooh. Thank you, my friend, for being here. Pleasure. You. 